Good morning. Welcome online people as well. Thank you for uh, joining us today. I want to talk, before I get to the message, I want to say two things real quick. One, don't get uptight about how we're doing two services, because everybody's going to try to figure something out real quick, like, you know, in the next week or two. And really, it takes a while to get used to two services, because, you know, you're looking around like, where is so-and-so, and maybe they were in the first service, or they're looking for you, and you're in the second one, or... Um, we're not used to options. I think I want to go to the early one. I usually go to the second one, but I'm going to go to the early one and, or vice versa. Uh, I slept late, so I'm going to go to the second one instead of the first one. Or There's just all this stuff that surrounds. When, when, when you start two services, there's just kind of this unsettling feeling for probably three or four weeks. So nobody freak out. Everything's fine. Everything's good. And we're excited about what God is continuing to do here in Fellowship of Mount Julian. Second thing, we have a huge day coming. I want you to write down and remember this. Do not forget it. Think about it every day. October 3rd. October 3rd, we've mentioned it in the past, but I'm going to be talking a lot about it. We're even going to make some videos about it. Because October 3rd is a huge day in the life of our church couple of reasons the transition of the two rivers campus over to our campus here and what does that mean what does that look like they're not foreigners they're in our church and you're not foreigners to them because you're in their church and we're just combining into this new organism where we're all meeting on the same campus so that's going to start on October 3rd. And we can't wait to put everybody together and unite. How exciting that's going to be. So we're providing more room. That's kind of the two-service thing as well. Another thing that's going to happen is we're going to have a thing called tailgate. Tailgate is the day where we are going to do our dead-level best to Find a life group for everybody, or better said, you allow you, help you find a life group. We want you to meet people in a life group. All the life groups are going to be here that day. All the life group leaders will be here that day. You meet them. On and on and on. Tailgate. And it'll go on the whole morning. It won't be like, you know, 9.15 to 9. 28. It'll be like the whole, the whole morning is our tailgate day. And we'll be talking more specifics about that as we move. But I want you to think about October 3rd every day for those two reasons. Unite and tailgate. Today we're going to talk about what drives us. What is it that creates the passion within us? And drives us. Doing whatever it takes to develop disciples of Jesus Christ who gather, grow, and go. Who gather, grow, and go. Now, you know, for those of you who've been around a while, we talked about this like 10 years ago, and it was doing whatever it takes to develop disciples of Jesus Christ, and that was it. 
and we had a dot, and then we created a dot, dot, dot. And then we, like, so what, what are we going to do? We need to put some verbs in. So we, we put, like, gather, grow, and go. Like, what is it that we're asking? What are we looking for? What do we want to do? What are we praying about? So for the next several weeks, we're going to be unpacking that. What does it look like? What does it, what does it mean? Today, we're going to be talking about gather. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter. Okay, we got a wise guy in here. He took out my... I hate one. One of you students did that, didn't you? You took my marker out of its place. At least I'll blame y'all. <laughs> Brian probably told you to. Okay, let's see. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Let's stand in honor of God's word as we read together. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Father, it's our desire today that the impression on our heart is people that you love. Let us never look at something the same way again after today. That these words of scripture would jump off these pages and into our life, into our heart, into who we are. Hide me behind everything that is me and make it all about you. Your name that we pray. Amen. You can be seated. So the mission is to what we intentionally do with full awareness of what we do. It's not something that we accidentally we're, we're walking and we tripped and that would be cool if we did that again. No, that's not what's happening. It's not an accident. We didn't we didn't just didn't mean to and it kind of happened differently but it, we had a crowd so let's do that no intentional plans is what a mission statement is it drives the passion for who we are as a church family to do whatever it takes to develop disciples of Jesus Christ that's talking about it that's doing it that's carrying it out no matter how easy or no matter how hard, whatever it takes to gather, grow, and go with full awareness of what we're doing. Number one, the early church teaches us that gathering with other believers is one of the most important things we can do. One of the most important things. Over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Colossians 3, 13 and 14 says, To have or to find community is or would be amazing for anyone searching. We have a desperation inside of us. Not, you know, kind of the cop-out ways to say, he's filling a vacuum. Okay, well, that, that's true too. But 
innate in all of us is a way to find community. We're looking for it. There's got to be more than what's going on. Carrying the weight of looking for that relationship. Colossians, in your translation, may, may be above all else. Put love before. Bef above everything. Community. Why is it so important? Because community gives life to us. It's essential to following Christ. Scripture teaches us that because we're better together, then we need to gather together because we're better together, which vice versa would be the, what's negative would be we don't want to be alone. We don't want to be isolated. We don't want to be pushed apart. We don't want to divide who we are. That, that's not what community is. When it's a large group of people gathering together for a single reason, it represents the common thread that binds us together. That single reason that binds us together. The energy is breathtaking. It can sometimes get loud. Goosebumps start form forming on your arms and on your neck. And I belong. I belong. That's why Saturday football games are incredible. Saturday football games. The search is over because I sat next to everybody that had orange on. <laughs> why can't I say church right there? Why can't I say church? It should be the easiest place to get. The easiest place to belong. The easiest place to connect. We're trying desperately to connect to folks. People are coming and desperately trying to connect us. Why wouldn't it be easy? It's difficult. Fellowship is one of the purposes of the church. There's five purposes of the church. One of them is fellowship. And so it's intentional that we do this. It's intentional that we get together. We, we desperately try. We want to share our passion. We want to share what we found in Jesus Christ. We want that. And we want to connect with folks to share that very thing. We get charged up. We get a passion behind it, a zeal behind it. Let's let somebody talk that can talk to, with stained glass voice, you know, whatever. Why isn't it easier? Point number two. The early church not only gathered for their personal spiritual growth, but for the opportunity to minister to each other and to reach people for Jesus. They were desperate for community. The early church, desperate to connect with people that thought like they did and believed like they did and acted like they did. You may ask, Lynn, describe community. What do you keep talking about? Community. When someone in my group hurts, I hurt. 
When someone in my group is down, I'm down. When someone in my group is, that's close to me is struggling, I'm struggling. If they want to talk, I want to talk. That's community. It's a connection point of something that's different than just bypassing in the grocery store. Can you be in a crowd of people and be alone? Yes. Yes, you can. You have no connection to everybody. You're just in a large group of people and you're standing there alone, isolated. Loneliness. In a group that I find community in, I would describe it when there is a need, I want to fill that need. I want to be a part of that. I'm rolling up my sleeves and we're getting in together. It's always easier to minister to someone in crisis if you're already there. It's easier to minister to somebody. It's easier to receive that as well. If you already know someone that's bringing something to you that is a need, it's easier to receive it. Because of the community we have, we have a connection point, and I'm more willing because I'm in a relationship with you. Easier to receive, easier to do. I mentioned a while ago, I belong. I belong. Belong. Belonging. I've been praying about this word over this weekend. The very place that every person should fit would be in the New Testament church. Every church in this state, in this city, in this community that lists the name of Jesus Christ, the one true God, it, that should be the number one place everybody should fit. And yet somehow there's a division. I belong. Now, this is just me talking. This is just Lynn talking here. I believe Satan knows how important community is to you and to me. So the very thing that he's going to do is try to take that away from you and take it away from me. He's going to isolate. He's going to divide. We're going to create discussions that separate Arguments that divide. He's really good at it. He is really good at it. How difficult it is to know we are not fighting against each other. We're fighting against principalities. We're not fighting against flesh and blood. This is a spiritual warfare that we're in. Take heart. Give hope. The most important thing should be the relationship and how that comes about. We're not fighting against each other. We're fighting against Him. 
Point number two. No, I'm sorry. Point number three. The early church focused on relationships and leveraged them to spread the gospel. These are small gatherings of groups that were on purpose, and they were all over town. They were all over the cities, in the countries. The New Testament church didn't really look like it does today. There were big groups. There were small groups. There were a couple of small groups that would meet as a large group and then divide up into small There's all these different churches that are all over the place. And it wasn't like a building on a corner. It was wherever the group would gather. That's why we keep saying that the church is about people. It's not about bricks and mortar. It's about the people of God. And that's how they functioned in New Testament days. To edify, to build each other up, to support each other, to hold each other accountable, to make each other better, to sharpen each other. To learn, to instruct, to correct. The behavioral part about working together to make something better is on purpose. They wanted it that way. We should want it that way. That prevented isolation and loneliness. Because I'm on a team of people. My people. And when they say my people, they mean me. We're on the same team. They ministered to one another as different issues arise. They had relationships at the top. Colossians 3. At the top. Above all else. We're living out what the apostles taught. Breaking bread together. Doing life together. This relationship with Jesus and with each other was paramount in their eyes. I can only imagine what it was like. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to John 13, 34. John 13, 34 and 35. The disciples were fearful, confused, asking questions. The gambit of struggle, probably arguing among themselves like they most often did. John 13, 34 is... Like, in my Bible, I have a star. You know, like in second grade when you get a little gold star for good behavior? Well, I did. I didn't get many of them, but the few I got, I was proud of. I have a gold star right next to this verse. The light, I want the light to be on this verse in my Bible. And every time I flip through the Bible and turn looking for stuff, I see it and I read it again. And again. And again. I believe something like this. This is the way my brain works. When I see this verse, I'm reading before all the stuff that the disciples are in. 
I think Jesus, and I've talked about this up here before, I believe Jesus looks at the disciples and goes, hey, hey guy, y'all come in here in a minute. Everybody come in here in a minute. Everybody lean forward. I'm going to tell you something that is going to change your life. I want to tell you something that's probably one of the most important things I have ever told you up until now. Listen to me. A new commandment I give to you, he says. Whoa. Gold star. A new command I give. Love one another. Just as I have loved you, you must also love one another. By this, all people will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. Whoa. What would happen if that, if that were true in our lives? What would happen? They'll know who you are because of your love for each other. Jesus leans forward and tells them, Y'all love each other. <laughs> you know, like, what happened right after that? You know, Peter and John kind of looked down at each other like, okay. <laughs> no, no, don't just love each other. Everybody in the world are going to know who you are because of your love for each other. If you're loving each other the way I love you, everybody knows who you are. What powerful part of spiritual growth could that be? A reason to gather is because we love each other. That's the reason we're getting together. Community. We spend time together. We celebrate what's real. We don't get lost in the spin. We're not trying to say something, you know, let's don't say it that way, say it this way, you know. No. We're in community together. We don't have to do that. We establish. We invest. We celebrate. We witness. We re remember. We create memories together. And we talk about them when we break bread together. We promise. Even a contract of promise can be a part of a community in a, in a group. How awesome would it be in a group that everybody there is giving and taking? The problem is there are people that just come in with their portion and I want it. If you come to the group with that, you lose the community that you're looking for because you're taking it. That, that, that's called entitlement, by the way. That's the beginning of entitlement. When I take something and I have no responsibility to give it back. Give it away. You bring as much as you take. And maybe scripturally, I could build a case for even more. You give more than you take. How powerful would that be? To live that way a two-way street that we love each other the way Christ loved the church loves you and they'll know who you are 
because of your love for each other. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. And let us be concerned about one another in order to promote love and good works, not staying away from our worship meetings as some have habitually done, but encouraging each other. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. The reason to come together for worship, for Bible study, for prayer, for ministry, for fellowship, because we love each other. How many people you want to bring into your group? It's much easier to connect with somebody if you're trying to connect to them. If you're, you're trying, they're trying. Two-way street. Not in judgment. That's not the point. It's the relationship that's the point. Let's pray together as the band comes up. Father, we, we get it. We get it. We can't do this on our own. We need you. We need to know you in every way. We're desperate for your love. And because of that love, we want to carry it to other people. We want to give it away. We want to talk about it. We want to live it out. We want to do everything we can to bring somebody into that same love that we know, that we experience now. The petty stuff that gets in the middle of all these discussions and divides us, we know where it comes from not from you bind us together put a thread of passion of truth give us the privilege to understand that and see it and feel it whether it's in a large group or a small group wherever we we find community may their tribe increase We love you and we thank you for today, for the freedom that we have to gather like this, and we'll never take that for granted. Thank you for those that protect it. Watch over them today and their families. For it's your name that we pray. Amen. Let's stand together.